We're recording this on Sunday, May 31st, 2020 at around 2 in the afternoon. So by the time you hear this, Darren may have figured out how to record me remotely. Welcome to the Battle of Alberta podcast, the hockey show that's finally back to talk about hockey again. Well, at least in theory anyways, we'll see how that goes. I'm Stuart Jones and with me kind of technically is Darren Plett. Hey, Darren. I'm I'm always with you in spirit, Stu. Yes, uh, we are distanced from afar, uh, much greater than the required six feet. So that's good, right? We're obeying laws and such. Yeah, we haven't measured, but I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that it's more than six feet. Yes. So for those who haven't figured out, we are recording remotely. So apologies for any thing you notice, I guess, for that. But it's probably I'll, fine. I'll make it sound beautiful. I believe that you will. Uh, I guess we're back because there might, in theory, be hockey some point soon. That's all we needed as an excuse to get back to podcasting. I think that's an indication of how bored we are. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, oh, we're talking about hockey? Let's talk about talking about hockey. I see articles. Someone's talking about hockey. Yeah, so... um... I guess for those who may have missed it, um, you know, because your only source of hockey news is us, which, cool. <laughs> Interesting choice, but we accept the responsibility. Yeah, yeah, sure, we do. I accept the responsibility. <laughs> Darren accepts that responsibility. So for those who missed it, Gary Bettman got uh, on his fancy video camera and uh, announced to the world slash seven Canadian reporters that, uh, you know, hockey is kind of-ish planning on coming back. So let's go into a bit more detail as to what he actually said. So this happened uh, as a recording last Tuesday on May 26th. So things aren't really changing all that fast. But basically the idea is when slash if health and government authorities say it's okay, they're going to be resuming play. And again, that's that's the big when slash if. They're not going to do anything before, you know, the government says you can. They're not just going to do this on their own accord on an island in the, you know, South Pacific or something like that. So I would I would be cool. I would watch that. It's kind of like the, you know, in the NCAA, they have aircraft carrier basketball games. Yeah, that could be cool. It's like island hockey games versus tiny island with somehow a skating rink on it that would be terrific but anyway yeah back to your announcement yeah that would be cool but uh alas that's not the case but what no. the plan is is basically when it's okay to do so the top 12 teams in each conference uh by point percentage as of when the season stopped last they will resume play so top 12 teams already that's a question mark because you're like wait that's more than playoffs what's happening so as of now, well, as of last week, the regular season is over. So no more regular season. They've kibbutzed that. That's fine. But uh, they are going to start planning on playing hockey again. I don't want to say they're starting the playoffs right away because there's some middle ground here that we'll kind of get into. But uh, games will be taking place in um, a Western Conference and an Eastern Conference hub city. So only two different places, so there's not a lot of travel, so that kind of helps with the health and safety matters. But uh, I've also heard that they don't necessarily have to be like on that part of the continent. So i.e. if Vegas and LA seem to be the best options for the league, you know, they might just go with Vegas and LA, even though they're both technically in the Western Conference. 
Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I guess you could do west and east just kind of for the symbolism of it, but it's not really necessary if no one's traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that might help with time zone things, I guess, too, for television audiences, but... Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, who knows? Uh, I'm not saying it's true. I'm just telling you what I've heard, right? <laughs> um, so anyways, that's sort of the the macro of the plan. This is coming in four phases, they've said. Phase one, which is happening right now, is basically everyone self-isolating as much as possible. So that's all NHL personnel, players, coaches, etc. So I don't know if they haven't been doing that up till now, but now they're supposed to be self-isolating as much as possible. Phase two, which is supposed to start in early June, which I guess as of recording means tomorrow. Uh, Technically very early June is tomorrow. Yeah, they're supposed to, or they are able to return to home facilities for voluntary small group training on and off the ice. So not required attendance, um, but they are able to do that again, assuming they're allowed to based on various health authorities. Phase three, which is supposed to start no earlier than July 1st, is when formal training camp will begin. Again, it doesn't mean it's going to start on July 1st. That's just the absolute earliest it'll start. My theory is probably a little bit later than that, but what do I know? But phase four, this is the part that we care about, and this is the part that hasn't been given a timeline because that would be way too much fun. Still to be determined, but phase four is where games actually start in the hub cities. Um... And also, we should note that the hub cities have not actually been announced, which is why we're just calling them hub cities instead of saying where they are. Uh, But the short list right now, or as of last week, was Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Vegas, L.A., Minneapolis, St. Paul, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. So, obviously, most relevant to this show is Edmonton. And from what I've seen, it actually has the lowest COVID cases and deaths than all other NHL cities. However, I have also heard that the Canadian cities are probably not going to be on that short list for very long because uh, the federal government in this country is mandating 14-day isolation periods for anyone coming to the country. So that obviously puts a huge delay into any plans that they make. But again, yeah. who it knows? Sounds like, it sounds like most training camps or any group hockey related activities are going to be taking place in the states as of now because they've got more relaxed policies at the moment on letting athletes in and quarantine on stuff like that so yeah exactly US would be the the safe bet yep for sure so we'll we'll see what that uh all ends up with i'm sure they'll be you know starting to talk about that a bit more and narrowing down that search uh sooner rather than later because there's a lot of logistics that would go into hosting you know several dozen teams uh, not several dozen (laughs) into hosting a lot of people let's put it that way so uh the actual format of the play is uh gonna be a little bit interesting Uh, it's gonna be a lot interesting let's put it that way (laughs) very interesting So first off, the top four teams of each conference will have a bye to the first round of the playoffs, but so that they're not coming in fresh to the playoffs and not having played some like warm-ups games or anything, they're actually going to be playing a round robin uh, amongst each other to determine the seeding of the first round, to determine their seeding in the playoffs. So here's a question I have for you. 
have you been off hockey and are you desperate enough to watch a meaningless rusty round robin tournament between nhl teams is that if that's the first thing that airs are you going to be glued to the tv watching like st louis and colorado play a warm-up game you bet your freaking butt i will (laughs) (laughs) yeah i will take any hockey at this point i will definitely watch it even though you're right it will be fairly meaningless but it'll be fun i've i've got a list of the teams that have buys just in case anyone's interested sure Uh, from the western conference st louis colorado las vegas and dallas have buys and from the east boston tampa washington and philadelphia all have buys so those teams won't be playing in the first round which i'm sure Stu will be explaining shortly well yeah so here's the technicality they will be playing in the first round of the playoffs yes what they will not be playing in is what's coming up next so the remaining eight teams for each conference will play in a best of five series uh to get into the first round so this is sometimes called the the play-in or the the qualifiers is what they're calling but this is not the first round of the playoffs yeah, it looks identical to the playoffs in every way, except in name. Yeah, they they have specifically said uh, that this is not playoffs. It doesn't count towards being in the playoffs. You're not technically in the playoffs yet, <laughs> but it follows playoff rules. And um, interestingly, that's following playoff rules, but the champions round robin actually follows regular season rules as far as like overtimes go. Um, so presumably to ensure that the champion teams don't have to go through as much stress and rigorous games as the others before going into the real playoffs. But I thought that was interesting. So once all of that's done, the winners of the qualifying rounds will then join the top four in the actual, actual playoffs. The actual playoffs will be fairly familiar to what we're, what we're used to. The, However, there's a couple things that might be a bit different. They haven't figured out whether it's going to be uh, reseeded or whether it's going to be brackets um, between each rounds. And they haven't decided whether the first and second round are going to be a best of five or a best of seven. And likely that's because they still don't know, you know when this could actually start. So that's going to be a factor as to how short they have to cut those rounds. But they have said that the conference finals and the cup finals will be uh, best of seven still. So they expect the qualifying slash round robin and rounds one and two to take up about a month, maybe a bit more than that. So that's kind of how much hockey we're looking at here. But the reason that's important is that Bettman has said that the goal is for there to be a full 2020-21 season. So, uh, yeah, who knows (laughs) when that'll happen. (laughs) Keep dreaming, buddy. Yeah, that that seems a, that's, a that's bit what I far, say. but uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll be playing into next August as well because that season will just be pushed instead of shortened. But who knows? Who knows? So that's that's kind of the gist of it, um, Darren. I'm not sure if you want to go through some of the matchups or if we just kind of want to highlight our own. But well, I'll kind of uh, go over the fact off the top that, and I told you this air quotes off the air that there isn't really anything that piques my interest there's no like rivalries or you know just really series that stand out for the play-in rounds uh you got 
weird ones like Toronto, Columbus, and New York, Florida, and and Vancouver, Minnesota. Like those aren't ones we look at and go, oh yeah, that's going to be a good series. But you know, I guess we could look at it as maybe there will be new rivalries born out of these potentially odd matchups. But nothing really jumps off the page at me. So I guess we could talk about our teams because Calgary and Edmonton are both in the play-in. And as for the Flames, they get to take on the Jets. So we do, like, to me, that's the most interesting, not just because it's the Flames who I cheer for, but, you know, it's more regional and uh, there has been some history with the Flames and Jets way back in the day. But the the play-in bracket says that they're placed 8 and ninth, which which I don't really think means anything at this point. Like, I don't even know how to predict this because I think any team could win. I heard a Montreal fan lamenting the other day that they were not really looking forward to it because there's zero chance Montreal beats Pittsburgh, which is who they're playing in the play-in. But I think literally anything can happen with this play-in. Like, NHL parity is close enough that with, what, three months off that they've had... It it completely depends on how the players react to this, like each individual case, how the teams respond coming back, how the coaches are able to put this together. Like I, I don't think there's any momentum left from the regular season and anything could happen. Like literally anything could happen. So like, I don't think there's any way for me to break down the series other than to say, I'm looking forward to it. I'm interested to see, if all players participate or if there's players that don't feel safe and won't participate or, you know, what factors will go into this. But I, like, I'm interested to see just hockey picking up from almost nowhere and to see which teams respond to that. Yeah. I, I totally agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, you know, the playoffs for the NHL is almost always an anything goes sort of thing, right? Obviously, last year was uh, of, you know, paramount example to that uh, with Columbus sweeping Tampa in the first round. That was last year, right? It feels like that was a decade ago yeah, now. Was probably last year. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so like the NHL playoffs are anything goes like at the best of times. And like, I feel like that's more so this year for all the same reasons you reiterated. Like they've been off for three months. Basically, whatever the heck happened in the regular season almost doesn't matter at this point because this is almost a brand new season so the Edmonton matchup um, they're technically in fifth so the top seed of the play-in I guess so they'll be playing Chicago who is in 12th but that does not seem like a oh yeah we've got the top seed we're playing the bottom team sort of situation (laughs) for Edmonton I know it's been a long time since Chicago has been a real force in the NHL um but I don't want to face Kane and Taves in the playoffs ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so especially at this point where there's been this like big reset button that's been pushed. Like, yeah, I, I am not looking like, okay, sorry. I am very much looking forward to this because I am looking forward to all of this because it's hockey and I'm glad it's back. But I'm not looking forward to the fact that Edmonton has to play Chicago. Um, I think we played twice in 2020 and uh split that series but uh yeah chicago is not as low down as those standings would imply yeah they were they were technically in the regular season but they're still a really hot playoff team all the time i think so 
It'll definitely be interesting. Especially the fact that uh, all the teams are, you know, virtually healthy now, right? Sure, they're also all going to be kind of equally cold, uh, which will be mighty interesting. Um, But a lot of the injuries and fatigue that happens over a regular season really have kind of faded. Sure, some long-term injuries are still going to be out. But for the most part, teams are going to be healthy and ready to go for this again equally cold as well so i think it'll be definitely entertaining but like you said anything will happen here yeah there's just so many evening factors that go into you know three months off of literally anything i mean i've taken two weeks off of work once and you come back and you completely forget (laughs) how to do your job that you've been doing for who knows how long so uh, i don't necessarily think it's like you know riding a bike there's going to be so much learning and so much relearning and shaking off rust on the fly that it's not really about how good your team was during the regular season it's about how you can suddenly pick up from this time off and gel as a team and and get into an atmosphere that'll be a little weird without fans right Mm. i've been envisioning this in my head and it's i think it's just going to be odd for them because it'll feel like a practice almost a practice facility Like, a lot of teams won't be playing on what I'm going to call the feature ice. Like, one of the requirements for a hub city is that you need to have multiple ice surfaces so that multiple teams can be playing. And I think it's just going to be super weird for some teams with no fans, dead quiet, you know, just low energy. They're going to have to learn how to play in that environment as well because that's going to be completely new. Yeah, that's true. We didn't really mention that. Uh, You know, it's... I think we kind of glossed over it because it seems obvious at this point. But yeah, there's going to be no fans there. So that's going to be a huge element. You're right. They're going to be playing in multiple different venues, probably really dinky ones that they haven't played in those size arenas since like their, you know, Tom Thumb years or something. Uh, It'll be really interesting to see how the players adapt to that. And it'll also be pretty interesting to see how like the TV um, crews adopt to that as well. Because like, are we going to still have like... DJ music in between stoppages and things like that just to entertain the players and, you know, the couple of fans that can hear it, you know, while they don't have commercials or something. Like, who knows how this is going to play out on television as well. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to see how everyone reacts to this very new way of doing things. My standing fan idea is that each team finds its loudest and most brash fan and invites them to the game. They each get a side of the arena, just one person <laughs> per side, and they get to root for their team at top volume. That's that's my running idea for fans. I like that idea. Um, I believe they said that each team was limited to 50 personnel in total, including players. So I, I really appreciate the idea of using 150th for the most obnoxious, <laughs> loud, rowdy fan you can find. They can, they can slap on all the glass they could possibly want. <laughs> it's just paradise. Uh, one other thing we should also point out, because Bettman did talk about it extensively in his announcement, is he talked about uh, the draft lottery and how that all works. Now, we figured we wouldn't really go into it in too much detail today because we've already gone through a lot of details about weird things and numbers, and so bringing in percentages of odds that you get a lottery pick would just <laughs> like really make our eyes glaze over, not to mention those listening. So we probably won't go into that detail today, but um, 
it is interesting stuff. So if you want to take a look at it, go find another source of hockey news. Uh, I like what they're doing personally. And, you know, maybe we'll do another episode uh, about how all that worked uh, after the lottery actually happens and discuss the results at that time. But that's really only if the masses demand it. So uh, we'll, we'll see if you guys actually want to listen to that, then, you know, we'll talk about it. The last thing I want to know, Stu, is in terms of what the NHL could have done and what they're doing, do you think that you would qualify these this playoff format as fair? Um, I do. So I guess, yeah, there's one other thing I wanted to mention is the people who are complaining about this because it's not perfect are... I don't want to sound mean, but they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Those people are dumb because... Nothing nothing was going to be perfect. That's just the way it is, right? It was going to be impossible for them to come up with the perfect situation. The people who are complaining that they should just, you know, forget about it and then start the new season, it's like, who cares how bad or good this format is, which frankly, I don't think it's that bad. It's hockey. Like hockey fans, any true hockey fan should not be complaining about getting more hockey, ridic- yep. regardless of how ridiculous it may be. That being said... All the teams voted on it. The Players Association voted on it. If they think it's fair, if they're willing to do it, that's good enough for me. So I'm, I'm just all, I'm all for it. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. And in my mind, the NHL was almost in a, in a no-win position. If that makes sense, like there's no perfect playoff format for your, you know, your traditional pandemic shortened season <laughs> they didn't have a template for that i think this works pretty well um it's straightforward it's simple if you look at a bracket it all makes sense there's there's nothing too crazy about it is there a lot of details they'll have to sort out like conditions for draft picks and blah 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 yeah well yeah there's gonna be a lot of that but that's i mean that's all details that we as fans don't really have to worry about that much unless Unless you want to worry about that sort of thing. Unless you want to worry about the Flames getting that third round pick from the Oilers. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to see how that folds, unfolds. Yeah, but overall, I think this is very fair. And there's there are people complaining about it and saying, this is one of my favorite phrases I've heard. It's ruining the integrity of the cup <laughs> or the playoffs. I don't, that sounds like a buzzword. I don't really know how that applies to anything. What is, does the Stanley Cup have integrity? Like you must play this very specific way. I I don't think that's the case. I mean, there is a pandemic. The NHL's trying to do whatever they can to hand out the cup. I think whoever wins the cup will always have that air quotes asterisk from all the other fans, but (laughs) that should never be a thing. But like when you're reacting to something as big as a worldwide pandemic, there shouldn't be an asterisk on your professional hockey trophy. And uh, I I do want to point out a fun little fact that one of my friends brought up that I didn't even think about. And that is that the Stanley cup originated as a challenge cup, which means that, like any way back in the day, early 1900s, any team in Canada could compete for the Stanley Cup. You know, there wasn't like a specific format or there wasn't anything. It was owned by a person who would give the cup to a team that won it. And like right now, technically, the Stanley Cup isn't owned by the NHL, which is a fun little fact that I just learned now as a lifelong NHL fan. I didn't know that the NHL didn't own the cup. They simply have an agreement with the cup's owner 
to give it to the team that wins the NHL. So if you're arguing that this is ruining the integrity of the cup and the game and this isn't hockey, I think the like the point of the cup is to award it to the team that you know challenges for it and shows all the best aspects of hockey and beats everyone to win. And it doesn't matter what the format is as long as they get her done. And I am interested to see who can overcome a global pandemic and all the rust and three months off and a super weird, you know, startup format to win the cup. That's interesting to me. That's a challenge. Yep. I, uh, <laughs> I had other things to add to that, but I feel like that's just a great ending. So let's just leave it there. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our lonely episode of the Battle of Alberta podcast. There wasn't many episodes in the previous three months, and there might not be any episodes for a little while now, potentially a draft lottery episode. And if the NHL gets those wheels turning sometime in late, late summer, you know that we'll be back. So thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to rate us or like or subscribe to the podcast. Those things help us get the word out. And uh, our theme song is Lose Your Head by Apache Tomcat. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you later.